Support for Outlaws and Gunslingers on the Creative yeah. Control Network is brought to you by Manscaped, yeah. who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Ooh. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Ooh, I like you it. heard that right, the 4.0. Oh. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off. That's right. I said 20% off and free worldwide shipping free. with the code outlaws at manscaped.com. That is code outlaws at manscaped.com. Well, imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. Ooh, well, I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. I really am. The uh, craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Here's uh, a little... Uh, selling point for you guys you guys ever tried to use like regular hair clippers with no guard and tried to shave your balls i guarantee you're gonna nick them because it happened to me don't ever try to shave your balls with regular like hair clippers yeah oh yeah it was uh, trust me blood on the floor and the (laughs) wife ain't gonna be happy so this new 4.0 is gonna save you uh, a little bit of uh pain and it's gonna save your day well nobody wants nick balls well, you're just in luck there because Manscaped engineered the ultimate growing and body trimmer by mm. focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade. <laughs> no pun intended, huh? <laughs> <laughs> ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. That's trademarked, by that the way. So trademarked. don't you feel like, don't you go over there and try to steal it, people. Right. I now, me, myself, I feel confident. Shaving my uh, Me too, because this upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. Ooh. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It's got, a, it's got a flashlight so you can see your gooch or your taint or whatever <laughs> you guys call that place. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? Well, the lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes. Guess what? One through four. I recommend you guys don't do anything over one because <laughs> unless you're a Bushman, <laughs> I'm a Bushman. Maybe, maybe two, I bet, would be good. Yeah, two, maybe. All right. Uh, did I mention wireless charging? We didn't, but we do now because the new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can, which can help battery length last longer, so uh, wow. longer uh, shave times in between charges. Man, if you've been shaving with same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with the pubes in their mouth. Which leads to my point about using a regular hair shaver right. down you're, there. You have two of them. I have two different shavers. Well, right I have one. and uh, Well, not right now. But uh, before I got Well, before I got the Manscaped 4.0, right. So, and speaking of no person wants to end up in pubes in their mouth, your uh, significant other definitely don't want to end up with pubes <laughs> in their mouth because uh, that would be the last time she goes down there. Well, right. it's time to get your own ball in here, body trimmer with Manscaped, to make me time the best time, and enhance your confidence with some nice smooth boys. Smooth boys. I'm some smooth boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code OUTLAWS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code OUTLAWS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code OUTLAWS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You're listening to Outlaws and Gunslingers, the only podcast covering all of America's infamous criminals, from the Wild West to the Mafia, all the way up to the ruthless street gangs of today. 
Brought to you exclusively by the Creative Control Network. Here are your hosts, the Mouthy Michiganders, Bang and Dang. Welcome back to Outlaws and Gunslingers, and we did it, ladies and gentlemen. We're moving on. Moving on. This is a wrap-up episode for Prohibition Era. We're going to give you the details on the effects of Prohibition and what is later to become of it, of the effects. And you'll hear that from the next 15 episodes after this. Pretty much. Um... It's kind of, yeah, like a little, it's a quick little recap of, uh, like it, Dang said, what happened. It meant what, to be a good thing, but it turned out to right. be another, uh, uh, rules for, uh, thee, but not for me. Which I have a great, a great story at the end of this, uh, part on the effects of prohibition of just exactly that rules for thee, not for me. All right. We climbed that mountain. We came down the other side. This is probably going to be the pinnacle of Outlaws and Gunslingers. And now uh, our tour guide has vowed to never, ever work again in this industry because the whole time he was on the mountain with us. All right. He was like, wow, these fucking guys. They he's say like, the F word every five fucking seconds. Right. right. He's like, and he's now like, I say it. Well, he's, <laughs> he's like, like I've never used even, that word in my why life. Why do you guys even bring me along when you don't listen to anything I say? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's like, what the fuck? You're supposed to be listening to me. I'm your, what right. do they call those guys from Mount Everest? Um, tour guides. No. Oh, they're, uh, they're, uh, what the fuck um, are they called? Are they? Oh, they're Sherpas. 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 Yeah, Sherpas. Yeah, Sherpas. Yeah, we had our own little Sherpa, and right. he, uh, Vowed yeah. to never Sherpa again ever. Right. He went up this mountain, came back down with us, but we're we finally... Had, we had our own little Sacagawea, and he sacagawea out of here. <laughs> yeah, well, just like Sacagawea and Lewis and Clark, we'll probably get our statue removed, too. Right, just like everybody. Right. Um, <laughs> watch the Prohibition uh, documentary. Uh, everybody, Anybody that's ever watched a Ken Burns it's, documentary knows that he's like the right. most in-depth right. and best documentarian that And it's not one-sided, is. or he's going to give you facts He doesn't just do... He's going to give you facts like we give you. He's got great Civil War, World War II. No, his Civil War is probably one of the best. um, And his World War II. The history of baseball from the beginning all the way up to whatever that documentary was made is is, is fucking uh, magnificent. It's magnificent, but it's not. How isn't it? Fully detailed. How isn't it? It's not. It's missing a few parts. But yeah, any other ones? literally never seen his documentary on baseball. All of them. Yeah, Ken Burns, go watch uh, Prohibition, the. Documentary, documentary. Uh, I'm sure it's wherever now. But if you have PBS, does PBS have a paid streaming service? I'm sure they do. I doubt they do. Um, but yeah, it's safe to say that Prohibition was a complete failure, which we've been uh, highlighting for the last what 13 weeks now. Right. Not surprising, considering that this wasn't even the first attempt at banning alcohol in the United States. Well, back in 1844, a town in Massachusetts banned the sale of alcohol, and a local tavern owner charged people to see a. PBS does have a streaming app. Do they? Yeah. Um, Where are we at now? Back in, ni- back in 1844, a town in Massachusetts banned the sale of alcohol, and a local tavern owner charged people to see a striped pig, and the price of admission came with free drinks. Hey. Well. Well, Maine passed a prohibition law in 1851, which led to the public resenting their government, which resulted in a deadly riot in Portland, Maine, that is, right. in 1855, and the law soon got repealed. Maybe it's the city of Portland. Any, any city it's of Portland. A- 
Any city named Portland right. is prone to fucking. It's uh, important to know that obviously anarchists. you guys already know that possession and consumption of alcohol wasn't prohibited. Just the not sale, here. Not the here transportation. Yet. No, even in prohibition. Oh, even in prohibition. Just yeah. the sale, just manufacturing, the sale, right. and um, right. transportation. If you actually got caught with it, but you're gonna be. You only have question. one bottle. They're well, not gonna, gonna be, fucking be like, oh, right, whatever. You're gonna whatever. be questioning like some bitch. What do you do? Well, even President Hoover himself once called prohibition a great social and economic experiment. Noble in motive and far-reaching in purpose. I mean, he ain't lying. He was against it. He's against it, but he ain't lying. He was against prohibition from the get, and Congress voted him down. I mean, down. come on. It is, it is a great social and economic experience. Well. Experiment. It um, is a noble in motive, right? But, like you said. Hmm. Yeah, the motive for it was right. noble. Hey, we want to stop wife beating and like, well, all that just consumption. Of life. We want to stop... Right. Uh, uh, cirrhosis of the liver. We right. want to stop all that stuff. That shit. They weren't drinking. I mean, they were drinking beer, but most people drink hard liquor hard back liquor, then. Man, yeah. And that shit affects your liver like anything else. Mm-hmm. But well, uh, right. He was like, it didn't. It, it didn't reach. Unfortunately his for Hoover, this noble experiment experiment failed miserably. I mean, I, he knew it was. Everybody knew it was going to fail. That's why he was opposed to it in the first place. Everybody knew it was going to. He didn't want to do that shit. Prohibition supporters were initially surprised by what did not come to pass during the dry era. Mm. When the law went into effect, they expected sales of clothing and household goods to skyrocket. Yes, they did. Real estate developers and landlords expected rents uh, to rise as saloons closed and neighborhoods improved. Well, hmm. saloons, they might have closed publicly. Neighborhoods did not improve at all. Chewing gum, grape juice, and a soft drink. And a soft drink? No. And soft drink companies all expected for major growth, right? Oh, and cigarettes, even more cigarettes. So you're gonna get chewing tobacco, chewing gum, grape juice. I don't know why about grape anything juice. else that you could. Right. Anything so, else that you could basically right. uh, substitute alcohol with. Right. Was gonna be uh, expected. To, they expected a big boom in the economy and other stuff. Mm-hmm. Theater producers expected new crowds as Americans look for new ways to entertain <laughs> themselves without alcohol. Right. Well, what do we do, Jed? Well, you know, I heard that I theater down there on 34th right. and 8th is playing. I can see what they're saying, but in like the first th- two or three years, I don't think so, because everybody's going to be like, fuck everything, you know what I mean? Maybe if it, it would actually would have worked and stuck out, then everybody's like, oh, we got, you know, after about three years, everybody's out in town, right? You know what I mean? Well, well, no, it actually had the opposite effect. Right. None of this No, it, it had the opposite effect. Not right. like necessarily stuff no. rising, but... It's not in this article, but if you look at in the numbers, first couple of years, of course if, that's going to happen. If you look at numbers of, they didn't give enough time to change. If you look at numbers of consumed think, alcohol, I'm not but, talking about this. No, but I don't even think ten years or uh, uh, thirteen years was even long enough for prohibition to even work. You know what I mean? Well, really, if you look at five years before, from five years before prohibition came into effect, uh, I was reading an article today. People were drinking the average of like twelve gallons a year. Twelve gallons of uh, that's a lot. Pure whiskey or pure alcohol. Pure alcohol. So they took from there's like twelve grams of alcohol in a twelve ounce beer, uh, a shot, and whatever the whatever ounces of glass of wine would be. So all those have twelve grams of alcohol. Right. And they calculated that through that pure alcohol amounted to twelve and a half gallons each person, each average person. a person a and, year. And that's in the first even, two years of that's not even counting beer and. No, Mine. it is gone. It's beer, yeah. All of it. Yeah. There's 14 grams in each of those things. A 12-ounce beer, a shot, and a whatever the equivalent of wine is. Right. So, through all those together, the average American drink 12 and a half gallons of pure alcohol a year. The average. The 
average. Which right. means well, the most average uh, the drinking. first two years of prohibition went down from twelve gallons to like eight gallons. Yeah, so how it, they did, that out? it did. It uh, did. How they figure that out? They went from how they figure. I'm that glad out. you asked because uh, the article said even though there's no reliable way of uh, tracking it since it was legal, uh, illegal. Right. But they went from people who uh, were hospitalized for cirrhosis, consumption, all that type of stuff, okay. alcohol-related, fuck, or arrested right. for alcohol and all right. that stuff. So. Okay, so I mean, we're down how so, many? To about eight gallons per American. That's a lot. That is fucking a lot. That is yeah, a lot. That's still a lot. Right. That's still a lot that to drink eight about, gallons, but... That they known about, but well, it right. wasn't really. Right. So they had the stats to back their shit up, but everybody knew that's bullshit. For the first couple years, though. Right. They knew that's bullshit, though. Right. Well, instead, the unintended consequences proved to be a decline in amusement and entertainment industries across the board. Who wants to do stuff without alcohol, first of all? Right. Restaurants failed as they could no longer make a profit without legal liquor sales, I mean, obviously, which anybody will tell you pop right. and uh, alcohol are the two biggest sales. Why do, you think, right. why do you think stadiums and baseball have dollar beer night? You know right. how much fucking money they make off that dollar or beer? Or when you go to McDonald's, it's dollar or soda, whatever. Whatever size, right. Whatever size. Yeah. Or free refills when you go to a restaurant. Because guess what? They're making... When you buy one soda for a dollar fifty nine at anywhere, whatever it is, you buy a fucking fountain drink for a dollar fifty nine, right? You know how much it costs those people? Seriously, it's about ten cents. Yep, it's about ten cents. Seriously, that you're paying a dollar fifty nine for. Imagine a thousand people come and pay dollar fifty nine, and it's only costing them ten cents per drink. You know what? That's that's like eight hundred percent profit. Seriously, it's like a thousand percent. Not even thousand. You can not thousand. It's like eight hundred percent profit. It's just ridiculous. What are you talking about? It's way more than 800%. Right. It has to be like 1,500% profit. Right? Let's see. Test 10 cents out of 179. And so you get, 100% profit would be. Let's say, okay, a five, if anybody knows restaurant, a five-gallon box of soda is 324 12-ounce uh, drinks. <clears throat> 324 12-ounce drinks. And you can buy those boxes. If you're in a restaurant, you're paying 50 to 70 bucks, 80 bucks a piece. If you're uh, going to like Gordon's or something, you're paying $5 more or so. So it's $80 for Most a Most of the people that are listening to this probably have no idea what Gordon's is. Right. Or, or any place where you can buy a uh, product in bulk. Uh, you're paying 80 bucks for... Uh, for yeah, it's 80 to 90 bucks. Right. I get it. Right. You sell it for $120. Well, no, no, it's my company. Does. Normal people don't. It's my company. Does. No, most restaurants, most restaurants right, you buy, buy it from for instantly. 80 bucks. Right. 80 bucks. Okay. So you figure 80 bucks, right? You get 324, 12 ounce drinks and you usually sell 20 ounce drinks. So you can say, well, let's put that down. About to 250. About, two, about 270. About 270, 20, 20 ounce drinks. That you're selling $1. for seventy. Yeah. $1.79. So that's instantly already $300 you made from that case. Right. Well, that's more than that. It would be about $350 for an $80 case. Right. So you just made $280. And fucking, uh, 80 bucks. Right. And up just one case. One case. That's just one case. That's Coke. And then you got people drinking diet. You Everything else. You got Sprite. at least eight other pops that a fucking normal restaurant has. So if you figure right. dimes eight. Right. That hamburger that you're buying for fucking six ninety nine by itself costs the company maybe a dollar. The beef's the most expensive, and the bread, and everything else is fucking cheap as fuck. 
you're getting lettuce, tomatoes for pennies on the fucking cents. Pennies <laughs> on the cents, if that's even possible. <laughs> so you're paying $7 for a burger that costs the company maybe a dollar to make. It costs about two bucks, maybe. Maybe. The cheese is expensive. You're yeah. right. Yeah, cheese is about two bucks. About um, two bucks. But still, that's Either way, they're making a killing off everything. Right. Um, we got on that because restaurants failed as they could no longer make a profit without liquor, liquor, liquor sales. Right. That's why we got on that. And how is that um, even possible, though? Theater revenues declined rather than increase, and few of the other economic benefits that had been predicted because even soda happened. And all that made up for the waste of food when you had to. I mean, you're throwing food away. I don't give a fuck. You're a restaurant owner. You're throwing food away. Right? What's that got to do with the lake liquor? Well, you're talking about saving money. It didn't work out. They're throwing how much food away because no one was coming because they couldn't drink. Right. So they kept on buying. Okay. They. Well, I'm ba- sure that's exactly what happened. Right. Nobody been, came or right. they're. They're ordering the they're, same amount right. they've been ordering for the past 10 years. And next thing you know, oh, shit, we're going through. Well, it's a smart business. They could realize in a couple of weeks, right. hey, man, we should probably lower our uh, stock down a little right. bit. But, yeah, but if you don't, but if you do, and then you even don't then, it, if nobody's coming, what does it matter how much you're ordering? Insane, but you're still even, not making money. But even if you do lower your stock and then next thing you know, you got a bunch of people and then you don't have the product and that even pisses people off even more. Right. I mean, True. I mean, it's, it's a fucking hit and miss business True. there, bud. True. Anyhow, on the whole, the initial economic effects of prohibition were largely negative. Largely. The closing of breweries, distilleries, and saloons led to the elimination of thousands of jobs. At this time, the fifth highest employer in the United States was um, the alcohol industry, too. Right. So, right. You literally put the fifth highest gross, grossing industry out of in America out of business. Out what of the business. fuck do you think is going to happen? Right. Right. And in turn, when this happened, thousands more jobs were eliminated for barrel makers, truckers, Damn. waiters, right. and other related trades that had that were connected to uh, right. alcohol business. Nobody needs to haul all this alcohol no so, more. Not only did thousands of jobs just from the distilleries and breweries and saloons get lost, but you got even tens of hundreds of thousands of jobs lost from and the manufacturing business right and the, the trucking barrel makers business, the, the trucking the trucking waiter. and the waiters and the, the restaurants alone by themselves wow that's crazy the unintended but in, the unintended in quotation marks economic consequences of prohibition didn't stop there i don't guys. think it's no that's it didn't exactly stop why there. hoover didn't want it they knew it was, they knew it Exactly why what, Hoover didn't want it. I mean, it's fucking this? ridiculous, dude. Yeah, this is after the this Titanic. Is a, this is... Yeah, this is after the Titanic sank and the uh, globalists were already the uh, the fucking uh, uh, elite one percenters. Yeah, the money. What do they call it? Oh, Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve been kicked in. Nineteen twelve. The Federal Federal Reserve came to like the thirties, didn't it? I think it was like nineteen fucking something, right? The Federal Reserve. Oh, it was 1912 with 1913. 1913. Yeah, 1913. Federal Reserve system is born from December 12 to 1913. Hey guys, if we point. have any conspiracy theorists here, look up <clears throat> look up the deaths if they if there if there's a if there's a list of who died from the Titanic. Of course there is. That's all you gotta do. All you gotta do is type in. That's all you gotta do, bud. All you gotta do is type in famous people. Who died on Titanic. And then look up another and then list. You'll look up, all you got to do is look up their profession. Right. And you'll see how right. many were bankers and how many. And then you look up another list and see how many people canceled their tickets for the Titanic. Rockefeller. Uh, uh, Chase Bank. J.B. Morgan or whatever. Yeah, but his wife. Is. His wife was supposed to be sick yeah, the morning before. So they canceled. Yeah, supposedly. Mm, right. Mm. 
Yeah, that's all you gotta do is look. John at, Jacob Astor the Fourth. He was they, uh, they, they the made most a song famous about him. and richest. They made a song about him. He was John a German American millionaire. Was the fourth. He was a real His estate. His name is my name too. Oh, oh. He was a real estate Who mogul. Who does he know? Wait, what? John Astor the Fourth. Okay. He was a great grandson of John Jacob Astor, the founder of the Wardoff Astoria Hotel in New York, the most popular and uh, famous hotel in New York. His wife, his wife and kid made it. His wife made it. He didn't, which is, I mean, that's what happened. We had Benjamin Guggenheim. German. Uh, another German. Heir to the family's mining business. Heir to a mining business of where? Isidore Strauss, co-owner of Macy's Department Store. Oh, yeah. wow. Died, get... died alongside his wife, Ida. He didn't leave his wife like a man. Uh, baby grandson, Stuart, was due to be on the voyage, but he was sick and had been left in England. That's nice. Good thing he's still around. Thomas Andrews, a shipbuilder. Right. Captain Edward Smith, yeah. yeah. Unknown child. Fictional Jack Dawson. <laughs> <Really? laughs> right. Yeah, that's not even a complete list. Right. Fucking, that's they good. didn't even tell who really died on there. Right, but that's just right. a small example. And then the, the even bigger I mean, picture is who canceled their tickets. The founder of Macy's, though. Macy's was pretty, yeah. pretty fucking huge in uh, the early 1900s. They're like still one huge. of the, well, I'm saying Macy's is one of the, Literal top businesses in the nineteen early 19, 1912 right. and shit. Dude. Right. So imagine how much power that guy had. First call, of all, they don't call it the Macy's Day Parade for nothing. Right. Wow. So I mean, guys, these conspiracy theories have been going back since the Titanic sank. There's actually before then, from the nineteen hundreds on up. Well, conspiracy theories have been rampant with uh, Lincoln. Well, when you go to America, fucking the founding fathers, Freemasons, the way Washington's built. The way Washington's built with all the roads forming a star, I mean, like they, the Mason Star and all that stuff, dude. Yeah, I mean, they were known Freemasons. One of the most profound effects of Prohibition was on government tax revenues. <laughs> oh, yeah, they fucked themselves. Before Prohibition, many states relied heavily on excise taxes and liquor sales. You know, that's what they needed to fund the budgets. They're like, we need that. That's a major part. They didn't realize that. In New York. Almost 75% of the state's revenue was, was uh, derived from liquor sales. Um, 75%. You know what? That's exactly what we're seeing today with marijuana. In oh, Michigan, wow. Michigan's Michigan's uh, state tax is only 6%, but it's another 6% on top of that to buy marijuana. So that 12%. means it's 12%. 12%. And you know how much money they're making off that extra 6%? A lot. Even fireworks. It's that must have been a new law because when we went and too. bought fireworks... Um, if you buy them at like a department store, how well, they have like the shelf yeah. of the stupid yeah. fireworks, it, and they all had posted notes. Um, due to Michigan law, fireworks are another six percent tax right. increase, so right. you're paying twelve percent tax on fireworks too. Right. So yeah, yeah they're they, making fucking buku money off of the fucking place I went to those to, types of tax. Had to give me a little paper yeah. law on it. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, they're making buku dollars off that tax, dude. Right. You ain't kidding. So like we said, New York seventy five percent of the state's revenue in liquor taxes. With prohibition in effect, that revenue was immediately lost. Mm-hmm. At the like net. immediately the right. day the law went into effect, bam! They're like their Fine. budget dropped by probably seventy five percent, a billion dollars, seventy five percent, a billion more dollars right. or more. Right at the national level, the whole, right? I the guess. whole uh, country, not just New York. The well, country doesn't re- country doesn't revolve around New York, man. Well, we're about to tell you at the national level, however, prohibition cost the federal government a total of eleven billion dollars in lost tax revenue and that's through the whole 14 years of it being up right hmm. well co- no yeah oh yeah while costing over 300 million to enforce so they lost almost 12 billion 
basically put together twelve billion. The most lasting consequence well, was not that basically at all. They lost eleven billion three hundred million dollars. Right. So it's not at all. It's not even halfway to twelve <laughs> no. billion. The most lasting it's almost consequence. eleven billion. Right. We'll call it eleven. Ever doing rounded. We'll round it out to eleven. Uh, <laughs> the most lasting consequence was that many states and the federal government would come to rely on income tax revenue to fund their budgets going forward. And you know what happened after that? Right. How many goods got uh, increased? How many taxes got hiked in those 14 years of prohibition? A lot. How many other taxes went up? A lot. A lot. Well, prohibition also led to many more unintended consequences because of the cat and mouse nature of prohibition enforcement. Right. While the 18th Amendment prohibited the manufacture, sale, and transportation of intoxicating beverages, it did not outlaw the possession or consumption of alcohol in the United States, which we already uh, the covered. The only thing they can do is make it illegal in public. If you got caught in public. But no, if they you can't have it on your you could you could possess alcohol. Right. But they will still crack down on that. Yeah. The Volstead Act. Oh, it's still <laughs> yours. The Volstead Act, which is prohibition, which is the federal law that provided the enforcement of prohibition, also left enough loopholes and quirks that it opened the door to a my, myriad of schemes to invade the dry mandate. Obviously. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't done accidentally. It was done on purpose. They know. These mo- they know. Right. One of the legal exemptions to the one of the legal exemptions to the prohibition law was the pharmacists were allowed to dispense whiskey by description. Yeah, we've seen by description uh, a number, by prescription. A number of uh, right people we've covered do that for any of ailments. George Remus, the most notable. Right, they can they can they can prescribe it from anxiety to influenza. So it's just anything. see, I'm gonna keep going back to medical so, marijuana to marijuana medical right. when before marijuana got recreational approved here in Michigan. You could literally go online and get a fucking uh, prescription for medical marijuana. Basically. And or, or, or you all you had to do is go see a doctor and be like, oh, my back hurts. Right. So here's medical marijuana. Right. You had to pay like 200 bucks for the Right. The fee and that's literally all you had to do. Right. That's it. Bootleggers quickly discovered that running a pharmacy was a perfect front for the yes, trade. See again, George Remus. As a result of this, the number of registered pharmacists in New York State tripled. 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 That was just in New York State, which I imagine... Pretty much the same numbers across the right. nation. Right. Uh, because Americans were also allowed to obtain wine for religious purposes. Oh, shit. We got we got uh, crooked fathers. I mean, they've always been crooked, but uh, right. all those uh, establishments, they're getting crooked, too, now. Right. And Romans rose at churches and synagogues. They're like, <laughs> instead of just like a little sip out of the, uh, right. the flask or whatever, they're fucking like, like give me the whole bottle. Give me the whole bottle, Pastor. Next thing you know, they got rabbis all over the fucking place. <laughs> Fucking Jewish well, motherfuckers. I don't think Jews do. Oh, and rose and churches and synagogues. Jews do. Uh, I'm not supposed to. Jews do a ceremony with, with wine? wine. Just do a they? ceremony, they say. Well, at mass, you line up. You get the little piece of. You get right. the little dry ass tablet of bread, and you take a sip. Take a sip of wine. That's right. at mass. But it's usually. I didn't know they do it. In, usually, it's usually grape juice. No, it's legit wine. Should be if, if you're, that's what it's for. In a Christian church, and no, no, in those Jewish, yes, it's real. In wine. Catholics, yeah, it's in real. Catholic wine. church in should Catholic, be. No, Catholic is a. No, I've been to one. Yeah, it's it's a grape juice. No, it's one hundred percent of wine. No, it's distilled grape juice, but it's not wine, dude. It's wine. It's unalcoholic. It, it's wine. No, yes, it's, it's still wine. It's one hundred percent alcoholic. No. Yes, they, they make they make. Maybe some churches, but most of them, no. They just legit wine. Some of them, yeah. Actually, yeah. maybe like a real Catholic church. Yeah. But like the Christian and... Uh, Christians don't do ceremonies with they do wine. Communion. and 
Oh, yes, I do. Christians do not. Yes. No, not Baptist, a not a Baptist church. I've never. Baptist I've been to a Baptist church my whole life. I've never done a communion or even yes. been a, even seen a communion. Yes, in Baptist no. church all fucking day. No, you get baptized. You get baptized. You don't no. get a fucking piece of uh, dry ass bread and all. No, they uh, only sip a wine. They only do it once a year. They do it once a year. No. And it's during Easter. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Every every church I went to have done communion. No. Every church. And you take a drink of wine. You take a drink of juice. Mm-hmm. It's not wine. I don't know about that. And you eat a cracker. And that's, then a, you, that's a Catholic thing. It's not thing. even the cracker thing that Catholics give. It's just like a cracker. It's like an oyster. Oyster cracker. They buy a, little, they buy a bag of oyster crackers for a dollar and buy some grape juice. That's seriously what it is. Sparkling. Uh, right. Not even sparkling. Just regular uh, ocean spray fucking grape juice and some oyster crackers. Well, so, either or. Enrollments rose at churches and yeah, synagogues, on my finger, yeah, and cities saw a large increase in the number of self 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 professed rabbis who could obtain wine for their congregation. Because Americans were also allowed to obtain wine for religious purposes, enrollments rose at churches and synagogues, and cities saw a large increase in the number of self professed rabbis. And they're like, oh, am, right? Who could obtain wine for their congregation? I mean, of course, hmm. the law was unclear when it came to Americans making wine at home. With a wink and a nod, the American grape industry began selling kits of juice concentrate with warnings not to leave them sitting too long or else they could ferment and turn into wine. <laughs> I bet you it was a big-ass sticker on the side, too. Warning, do not leave sitting too long or it could turn into right. alcohol. Right. Home stills were technically illegal, but Americans found they could purchase them at many hardware stores. Yeah. Well, well, instructions for distilling could be found in public libraries and pamphlets issued by the United States Department of Agriculture. Jeez, the whole uh, the United States Department of Agriculture, a federal fucking agency, is handing out pamphlets to the damn libraries. Like, hey, oh. make sure everybody knows how to. Or maybe they did it on purpose. Well, they're already there too. Before I bet. Yeah, but maybe they did it on purpose. We're gonna hand out a bunch of these, so now we can catch more people and we'll see, we'll, we'll, still, we'll make the prohibition uh, but law like, but they're like but they're seem still, like it matters right they're gonna spend money to buy this shit which is gonna put money into the economy and right. then we can arrest these motherfuckers for right. doing it putting even more money in the room right yeah. and that's what they thought mm-hmm. well fucking uh well the guy that's arresting you has drank fucking eight shots that day oh yeah the law that was meant to stop americans from drinking was instead turning <laughs> many of them into experts on how to make it <laughs> I mean, oh lord! I mean, how could you not see that coming? Seriously, what do you do? Seriously, stupid! How do you not see that well, coming? Hoover did. It's like if they sold uh, marijuana smoking bowls, and then one day they said, "You forgot your smoking lamp." Yeah, and one day they said, "We're not selling these anymore." These motherfuckers are gonna know exactly. They're gonna do anything they can to make. What them. are you talking about? The same thing happened with weed. All right. People grew it. People found ways outside of the law to do it. Anything. You no different. Right. Anything. No matter what it well, is. Well, the trade in unregulated alcohol had, had serious consequences for public health as well. Yeah, that dirty fucking uh, bathtub gin. As a lot a, of it was, yeah, a lot of it was bad. As the trade in illegal alcohol became more lucrative, the quality of alcohol in the black market declined, as right. usual of every fucking nasty shit is. Right. On average, a thousand Americans died every year during the prohibition from the effects of drinking tainted liquor. And I think that's, I think that's a small number. It's probably way smaller, yeah. Right. The effects of prohibition on law You literally had people mixing up fucking... Anything. Whiskey and shit, bathtub gin, right. in their nasty fucking, not even clean bathtub. Oh, dude, I can't even imagine. Like, that's so fucking gross. 
So gross. It's disgusting. The effects of prohibition on law enforcement were also very negative. The sums of the money being exchanged during the dry era proved a corrupting influence in both the Federal Bureau mm. of Prohibition and at the state and local level, obviously. Yes, sir. Police officers and prohibition agents alike were frequently tempted by bribes or lucrative opportunity opt to go into bootlegging themselves. Obviously. I mean, come on. We've covered it. Right. We've covered it. You guys you guys already know. We know every single one of these motherfuckers are alcoholics. But they're allowed to do it because they got the law on their side. Many stayed honest. Did many. I think some stayed honest. But enough succumbed to the temptation that the stereotype of the corrupt prohibition agent or local cop undermined public trust in law enforcement for the duration of this mm-hmm. prohibition yeah. era. See? And it's not even a prohibition era. This this final two, three sentences that it said is every fucking era. No matter what law they come and do, these motherfuckers are breaking them, and they know how to break them, but yet they have to enforce them. Well, no matter what law or whatever we're talking about, right. the uh, there's dirty cops. It's just fact, dirty politicians, dirty cops, dirty uh, even, legislators, there's, yeah. dirty, there's dirty people from the, dirty cops the local level all the way up to right. the fucking... See, that's where the cops get the blame, because the cops are the ones seen on the streets. And a lot of them are paid off to look away or right. arrest their rivals. But most or of them are paid off by the guys that are in buildings in suits and ties. Okay. What's, I don't so the cops get the most of the back, back fucking lash when they're the ones on the streets. But these guys are just doing what they're fucking told from the ladder. Okay. And the, the ladder, the guys on each step of the ladder going higher is way more fucking powerful than that fucking cop. Okay. Be able to see your point. My point. That's what I'm saying. Like today, cops get the fucking uh, bad end of the stick. They're assholes. They're this. They're murderers. They're this. No. They're the low end of the totem pole of the fucking uh, of the uh, globalist elite. All right, well, the growth of illegal liquor trade under Prohibition made criminals of millions of Americans. Obviously, this is the whole reason we've been doing these uh, episodes. As the decade progressed, courtrooms and jails overflowed, and the legal system failed to keep up. It was a pandemic. Many defendants in Prohibition cases waited over a year to be brought to trial. Oh, shit. As the backlog of cases increased, the judicial system turned to the plea bargain. Oh, shit. So the plea bargain was was invented. Right, because they were like, we just take a plea bargain and get the fuck out of here. Right. Well, to clear hundreds of cases at a time, making it a common practice in American jurisprudence for the first time. Which is bullshit because um, they're, admit- jurisprudence, they're, they're not admitting Jewish. to a crime, but they're not. But they are. No contest. There's been no contest. Yeah, they're, well, they're taking a plea bargain. Uh, if you admit to this, we'll right. not charge you with this. That's what they're doing. If you admit to if you admit to possessing uh, over the legal amount, we'll we'll uh, we'll drop transporting intent to sell and all that other fucking other uh, large charges that right. are going to go through the legal system even longer right just give you this right and you'll a pay a fine and then right. you're fucking out of here right. right same thing they do for fucking nowadays right it's true it still puts you in the system though so if something of else would happen but of course they have history bitch they know what you were uh plea bargained and your charge you know they your charges are still on file what right. you were charged with so right well, the greatest unintended consequence of prohibition, however, however, was the plainest to see. Ooh, plainest to see. For over a decade, the law that was meant to foster temperance instead of fostered intemperance and excess. Oh, see, yeah. People right. are getting a hold of it like it's scarce and they're fucking uh, 
hoarding it and then drinking way too much of it because they right. haven't had it in a while. The solution in the United States had devised to address the problem of alcohol abuse and instead made the problem even worse. Mm-hmm. Now they're hiding this shit. Now if they, like you said, if these guys have problems, they ain't going to the doctors or anything because they're going to be, oh, where are you getting this liquor from? And then you're going to get killed by the mobsters because they know you went to the doctors and be like, did you say anything? <laughs> we can't trust you didn't say anything. Right. Done. Kill the whole family. The statistics <laughs> of the period are notoriously unreliable. But it's very clear that many parts of the United States of America, more people were drinking. That's That alludes to what I was telling you earlier. In the first, and people were drinking more. In the first couple of years, drinking actually went down. But after like 1922, when everybody was like, yeah, fuck this shit. From right. 22 to 33, right. drinking fucking went up and up and up, up and up and up. Up and up. There's this quote from a, the German chancellor that visited and in like 38 or 28, I mean, came to the Washington and asked. He was like, so when does your uh, prohibition come into effect? So this guy had already been, it's already been in effect for 10 years almost. And he comes in and he's like, so when does prohibition come into effect? That's how, that's how bad uh, people were drinking openly pretty much right. by that time like he's like i, like, I didn't know that you guys were in prohibition pretty much well they can't buy it on a corner street right well there's little doubt that prohibition failed to achieve what it set out to do and that its unintended consequences were far more reaching than its few benefits i mean just face it it was a terrible terrible idea they didn't research it they didn't they didn't they didn't uh they didn't weigh the they didn't weigh the consequences right. against the benefits, which the consequences if you put it on one of those uh you know, like the scale that you right. see in law, right. like the law, the right. judicial thing. Yeah. They put they it on the scale, the one side of consequences right. is gonna go all the way down. They didn't, they didn't weigh the pros and cons. Right. They didn't make a isn't that what uh, you were taught in like elementary? Make right. a list, pros right. on one pros side, and cons down. on the other right. side, and then fucking go through whichever's greater. You right. probably want to stick to that right. and side. That's usually how it goes. Right. These guys didn't do it. They're thinking, hey, we can end this, and that'll... It was a a, a national crisis back then. Alcoholism. <sighs> was it any more than... It's, uh, statistics have proved that it's no more prevalent drinking alcohol than it is nowadays. Well, in the cities, you know, they're getting ran by fucking... It started from the temperance movement from women's rights groups. Right. They were tired of getting beat on by their husbands. Also- they were tired of getting beat on by their, by their husbands. They blamed alcohol right. for it. And then, therefore, that was the big thing that fucking uh, happened. Right. Oh, alcohol's got to be the problem. Or no, how about your fucking husband hates you, he's got a miserable life with you, and you got three fucking ungrateful fucking kids. <laughs> you know? Well, Is that never, ever factored in? It, 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 I'm sure it has, man. There's so much we can go on and on about this and go off topic. But the problem... here Here's... Here's the final, final, uh, the lesson. If, if there's a lesson to be learned from prohibition, it's this right here. It's, it's, hey, great idea. Just didn't fucking, uh, you just didn't, uh, uh, great idea. Just didn't execute. Right. Great idea is it wasn't executed. It was, it was poorly executed. Great idea. Now you can write that out in the books and be like, how can I fix this later right. on? But the problem was, it was a bad idea from the first couple of years, and they knew it, and it still ran for, what, another eight years? Fourteen years, almost. Oh, so another fucking twelve years? Well, it ran from, came in effect in 20 and ran to 33, so the law was passed in 1919, 1918, something like that. Here's the thing. They wanted to pass a law that they thought was morally right, and that's what people wanted, but they didn't want it. That's the whole thing. I don't even think people wanted it. Right. 
Clearly, it wasn't right. Clearly, it wasn't popular. They knew damn well they're going to pass the, the vote. Law. Wasn't popular amongst the probably the majority of Americans. The guy that signed the fucking president that signed this fucking law in act probably had a fucking uh, a shot of fucking bourbon sitting next to him. I guarantee fucking tea. After all that, here's the ultimate lesson. It's it's a twofold lesson. You guys know what twofold is, right? T W O slash. No, it's a dash. No, it's a dash. <laughs> it's a dash. F O L D. Twofold. Watch out for loose. Watch out for solutions that end up worse than the problems they set out to solve. Mm. Isn't, that what, isn't that what Trump said? The, we've the, been hearing the, for, isn't for that what Trump years? said? The, right. the cure is worse than the and, uh, problem. Right. The the uh, the the solution can't be worse than the problem. Right. We've been hearing this for the past two years, mm-hmm. guys. And remember that the United States Constitution is, is no, no place, place for what for experiments, mm. noble or otherwise. So no matter what your in little good faith or not, right? No matter what your conscience says, no matter what your heart feels, the the Constitution which makes let's repeat this laws let's, and yes, um, all that stuff is no it's no place for experiments, whether. Oh, I had, I had, I had good mindset. I had, I had good intentions right. behind it. It's no place for that. Right. So let's get this straight, folks. The United States Constitution is in no place for experiments, whether noble nor otherwise. Right. Experiments. Exactly what prohibition was. The Great Prohibition Experiment. And alluding to what uh, Dang just said with the president. Um, having a uh, shot of bourbon right by his side while he signed uh, the uh, amendment. They had their own uh, bootlegger, and he was known as the man in the green hat. Ooh, I think I remember. I, I, I heard that before. Members of Congress who wanted alcohol during Prohibition could turn to Capitol Hill's top bootlegger, George L. Cassidy. Cassidy, well, wa- uh, he walked through the halls of Congress making up to 25 deliveries of legal booze a day while Capitol wow. Police allowed him in at all hours. Obviously. Over five years, he supplied bottles of whiskey, moonshine, scotch, bourbon, and gin from his sturdy leather briefcase. His politician friends got him in a... He got, they even got him a room to work out of in the house office building. Of course they did. In 1925, when he was arrested, he had on a light green hat, and from the press accounts, the man in the green, green hat stuck. Hmm. Well, Cassidy pleaded guilty and simply, simply switched to selling in the Senate office building instead of the house. <laughs> so he's like, I'm not going to sell to the house no more. I'm going to go to the Senate building, and then we're going to sell from there. Well, his infamy spread to the office of Vice President Charles Curtis, who set up a sting operation in 1930 with a Prohibition agent dry spy watching Cassidy from the Senate stationery store. Cassidy was arrested within six, with six bottles of gin and his client list, which, of course, was never published. Ah, Imagine his client list, who was on that client. I guarantee the president well, himself was on was, that client list. It was probably the vice president, Charles Curtis, well, was on that list. He was only sentenced to a year in prison. He later Absolutely. wrote that he helped 80% of Congress violate prohibition laws. And that... He that, had to be a fall man. That story right there... He had to be a fall man, and everybody, he knew it when he did it. That story right there sums up what prohibition was. I guarantee you... How some, you said at the beginning of this episode, right. rules for thee, not for me. And, and this story perfectly summed up Prohibition in a nutshell. And it's everything in a nutshell. Any type of law or a bill or an act. It's all it is. Well, I mean, haven't we seen the same thing uh, during COVID? All these lawmakers and all these governors and all these guys going to uh, restaurants 
and going out of state Whatever. and going on vacation and right. doing this and doing that, right. no masks and right. violating their own fucking lockdown orders that they right. put in place. Right. Same fucking thing a hundred years later. It's no different. It's Ninety different. years later. It's no fucking different. Hundred years later, and that's no twenty twenty one. So it was a hundred years ago. Yeah. So who's smart enough to see it, and who's who who's brave enough to fucking uh to shout it? Right. That's all it is, boys. Prohibition. Big Prohibition, fucking failure. There was a lot of shouters, and a lot of people got moited. Big failure. Big failure for prohibition because what they were doing is either killing everybody off or putting everybody in jail. Big failure, and it was 100% the government's fault. 100% the government's fault, and 100% the government behind it. But yeah, that was kind of like the effects and the uh, kind of just, I mean, most of the stuff you guys already knew and heard if you've been listening to the show over the last however many we released on uh, People of Prohibition because everything we've been saying, you've you've seen it play out. And all of these uh, uh, people that we profiled. It was preached to the country that it was a great idea and it's going to help you when everybody knew, even the people that wanted to believe it, they knew. Oh, certainly they knew after they they had hopes when it was passed. But after a few years there, everybody was just like, it's I give up. Right. I I give up. This was bad idea. And we've seen it because Canada, what they they did, they ended it five years before fucking United States even did. They knew it was a failure. There's, there's no way this is going to work, guys. But fortunately for us, in this show, Prohibition uh, created what is uh, soon to be uh, the staple of our show coming yeah. up. But uh, before we get to there, we're going to go to uh, 1930s famous gangsters who are Bonnie and Clyde, Machine Gun Kelly, John Dillinger, Babyface Nelson. It's just about the same thing. It's leading yeah, up but, to. It's but leading up Prohibition to didn't cause these guys. These guys were bank robbers yeah, and just. Yeah, these these guys, guys were. Yeah, but they, they're doing the shit behind the scenes. There's there's a lot of stories that we didn't tell in the 20s of bank robbers and shit, just like these guys we didn't do. So now that Prohibition's done, that was a major thing in America, was fucking illegal sale of alcohol. Now that shit's done, we get to go back to regular outlaws that are still robbing banks like Jesse James back in the fucking. Right. 1800s. These guys at the time were modern day Maharajas. <laughs> Maharajas. Maharajas. These guys back in the day were modern um, cowboys. Right. Pretty much. Right. All these guys. Right. Babyface Nelson, Machine Gun Kelly, John Dillinger, Public Enemy Number One. Um, there. You know how many Public Enemy Number? Yeah. This is like A the lot. public. This is like the Public Enemy Number One era. Era. When they first made Bonnie it. Bonnie and Clyde. Hmm. Bonnie and Clyde. Speaking of Bonnie and Clyde, that's exactly who we'll start with. I think that one's probably going to be a two-parter because I think we're going to have to. It's definitely going to be a two-parter. I think we're going to have to definitely go into Bonnie and early lives. Clyde's early lives, early lives up until they meet. We might even do separate shows, just Bonnie and then Clyde, and then Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde and together. Right? I don't know if either of them have that much of a story to so do what? a whole Three, episode like on ten-minute shows. No. Yeah. We just we don't do ten minute shows, man. Well we're gonna know. We don't do ten minute shows. It's fucking uh We got a lot of stuff coming up for you guys. The thirties. We're gonna like I said on the last episode, if you guys listened, uh, we're not Yes, there might have been there was a hundred percent mafia figures operating in the thirties, forties, fifties, for sure. All that stuff. But we might even go back to a couple of Well, guys. we are. Because the Mafia, like I said, is going to kind of be like it's standalone, but it'll still be on, uh, obviously, Outlaws and Gunslingers. But right. we're going to cover the Mafia Mafia from when it began in the 1920s, 30s. Right. And then it'll be solely about Mafia. We could do stories in the 30s about Mafia and 40s, but no, that just convolutes the fucking shit. No. We want Mafia to be all by itself. We're doing eras, guys. Eras. Right. 
until it comes to mafia, then we'll cover all area, all all eras of the mafia. Obviously, but just, right, yeah, we're gonna move It'll into the called organized crime. We're gonna be called moved more. We're gonna be called. <laughs> we're gonna move into the thirties, then the forties, then the fifties, and go decade by decade of the most famous criminals who did shit in that decade. Right. Of course, their career could span. Earlier or before, but right. their main crime and main what they did crime. was known in this the decade that we're covering. Right. So, right. and if they did stuff before, you hear it, right? Obviously, you guys have heard this podcast by now forty times, so you guys already know what the dealio is. So that's all we got. We got a lot coming up, and plus we have a proposed. Um, I mean, we can't do a Michael Jordan fucking biography in the seventies when he was born, right? Technically, he's from the seventies. Well, right. Obviously, if we're doing sports. Stuff. Any, if we're doing sports, anybody. if we're doing sports stuff by decades, we would do the anybody. But if we're doing sports stuff by whatever, we would do the year they came in the league or the year they were right. most impactful. We're right. not gonna fucking be like, oh, the seventies. Jordan was born in seventy three, so he's a right. he's a, he's a seventies basketball player. No, right. obviously not. Right. So I mean, same same kind of deal here. Right. But we have so much stuff coming up for you guys. Maybe even a spinoff of. Oh, well, not. Maybe, maybe even a spinoff well, of uh, lesser stories that weren't long enough to. Have an hour episode and maybe just do well, shorts, shorts. Gonna, of like a ten minute episode of a uh, real name. quick. We're thinking of a name. Yeah. Hopefully, it, it, it gets your guys' fucking uh, shirt rattled. Where you're gonna listen to it? Yeah, maybe a spinoff of. Doesn't matter what era. We'll just do. We'll just do that as O and G shorts. We'll we'll just do that as a random. We'll just do that one as a random standalone where it doesn't matter what era. Right. But only up into the era of eras we've covered. It could be 10, 15 minutes. It could be a half hour. That show could be 45 fucking minutes. You never know. Well, depending on. Well, no. Yeah. If it's going to be 45 minutes, it would have been a regular show. We're doing yeah, the, whole point of, the whole point of this is it'd be shorts. We're only going to do their story of the lesser known people that don't have as much known about them, but there was still a presence in Prohibition or Wild West or yeah. something like that. We can ex- ex- intend on it being a short. And next thing you know, we're on a fucking 25-minute conversation. No. You never fucking know. No. Nope. Happens all the time, bud. Happens all the time. Or we time. can call it um, an extra shot of Outlaws and Gunslingers. No. Outlaws and Gunslingers. Uh, one for the road. We're not a fucking liquor podcast. Huh? We're not a booze podcast. All right. can't be one for the road or an extra shot of fucking right. <laughs> Outlaws and Gunslingers. All right. It'd have to be something pertaining to criminals or something. Like, what's a criminal term that's like... Single shot. Is there such thing as a single shot fucking pistol? No. What shotgun there is? Not a single shot. Yeah. A single shot shotgun? Yeah. You'd fucking load it. I mean, I guess. Single barrel shotgun. Um, single no. shot. Single barrel. <laughs> single barrel. Right. That's why it's called a double barrel, because there's two barrels. Right. Two shots. Well, you get a fucking single shot shotgun. It's one barrel. Or if you're still back in then, though, in those days, you might still have a fucking. Anyways, there's got to be a term. A black powder. There's got to be a term for something short. For what? That exists for uh, criminals and gangs. What's like a acronym? Not an acronym. A uh, synonym for short in the gang world. All right, we'll figure it out. Don't worry, guys. We got it. Yeah, if you guys know, under control. Somebody email us uh, a synonym. Sort of Something to do with crime or criminals that we could uh, name our right. our short episodes. Uh, right. Bang dang podcast at gmail.com. So what are we doing next episode? It's not next, next week. It's not Billy. Uh, Billy. It's not uh, 
Bonnie and Clyde. Next week we do start Bonnie and no, Clyde, whether it no. be uh, we, didn't, we didn't whether it be a single show of just Bonnie and Clyde's no, upbringing. I think we need a show to introduce to what we're doing. We didn't do that in this episode. There's not a show of introducing bank robbers in the 30s. Was we had a fucking transition episode from Wild Wild West to this? We didn't. It was transition. No, it was gambling that had nothing to do with fucking prohibition. Of course it did. Gambling in the Wild West didn't transition into <laughs> prohibition whatsoever. Right. We did what we needed to do. <laughs> we <laughs> at the start of whatever episode we do next, we can talk a little bit, no, just like we're no, doing now. No, talk a little no, bit about what no, we're going to be no, covering. This but this is the last fucking yeah. episode. Next week's episode, we will start. We will never mention prohibition again. Oh, that's a lie. Next week's episode, we will start. That's true. Bonnie and Clyde, whether it be an episode just on Bonnie and Clyde, and then uh, episode two will be about their they, uh, their run of crime together, or um, if if we can manage to find stories that are long enough for each episode for each of Bonnie and Clyde, then we'll do two episodes before we get where they got together. So um, right. either or, there's going to be two episodes of Bonnie and Clyde for sure. Right, and then we'll move on to. Uh, the guys have mentioned, plus, you know how we do it, little or mentioned guys that you probably never heard of and uh, probably way more interesting stories than the uh, um, the uh, publicized ones. We so. are getting into a very interesting... So we're getting into... A very in- interesting... We're getting into a great time for crime right. in the United States. Right. And... Uh, and that's not even including... Guys, there's going to be a lot of remember, law enforcement in this as well. You got to remember, that's not even including... Law enforcement. No, that's not even including serial killers and other oh, other famous criminals of the show. same eras that's that a different we're in. Show guys that that we're gonna be uh, that's 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 a uh, a spoiler or a to come. Is that what we call it? A to come? A to come be? A to come? A to come? A to come? A a future? A future? Listen. A future endeavor. Right. Yeah. So enough of talking. We've said the same fucking thing we've said right now for the last like this eight podcasts. So this ain't even of course it is. Now that you said that, it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not. Make sure you guys are seriously going to check out the Bang and Dang show where we do shit just like how we've been doing pretty much this whole episode. Right. Going off track and talking shit, just real fucking talk that is just off the top of our head. Yeah. Let's run our mouths, man. Right. We're running so our fucking mouths. That's, that's all we're doing. The Bang and Dang show wherever you get your podcast. Don't take uh, shit seriously. Yeah, and if you guys... If you take shit seriously, don't listen to our show. If you guys are... If you're easily offended, don't listen. If you guys are liking... You don't have dark... If you don't... If you don't like George Carlin, don't listen to our show. That's what I can say. If you don't think George Carlin's not funny... If you think George Carlin's not funny... Don't listen to our show. I mean, because you gotta get, you gotta have that type of humor. Well, I guess it would have been the same if you don't think George Carlin's not funny. That would mean you think he's funny. So you Either. you were you were on track you there. Don't I think guess. he's not, right, right, <laughs> right, right. right. That's the same type of humor, same type of audience that we seek. Review, give us a uh, subscription. I mean, do on. all that stuff to come support on. us. Go to Twitter. Come on. If you can, if you can scroll through Twitter, go to and, Twitter and at, like and retweet posts. You can fucking hit the like button on a fucking uh, podcast, right? Is that what you got to do? Or you got to sign in and all that shit? If they have a... Oh, people who listen to podcasts usually have an account for the podcast platform they're listening on. So they so can just like it. They could just like it or I mean, save it to on. their things. But, uh... 
Yeah, or go to Twitter at uh, at OGMM Podcast and like us. Give us a like there. That's where you'll see all the show updates and everything about the show over there. Or email us. Like I said, tell us uh, what you want to hear. Anybody you're interested in or you think we missed something when we were doing an episode you think we got something wrong, dispute us. We'll fucking, we can bring you on the show and dispute it with you and see where we went wrong. Or we could uh, shout you out on air like, hey, this guy told us that we said this wrong. This is actually this. So, uh, yeah, interact, and you guys can get involved in the show just like we're getting involved in it. And, I mean, if you guys are liking it, I don't see why not. What's What, what can it hurt, right? And this and this uh, part of what we're doing, we're moving into the mafia. We're going to have... Uh, yeah, guys. We're going to have your, some very, very loved people coming in and helping us out. You guys going to like that. Oh, are we? Yeah. Are we? You guys going to like that. Are we? You're going to have two people that are loved to death. I love them. Well, with that being said, we'll be back next week for the first leg of 30s. We're getting into good shit. Of the 30s crime wave and uh, Bonnie and Clyde. So Bonnie and Clyde. We'll see you next week. This is the Month of Michiganders with Fang Day! Fang Day!